When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let them see our beautiful faces in just a moment. Or, or, for, you, or for you, I guess, your bedhead, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's why I'm giving a hair short. Yeah, and once again, man, I appreciate you joining me. I know you're in a completely different time zone, and I know it is morning. Before, <laughs> so I do appreciate that. I know you're a night owl, so. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah. yeah. My partner's uh, the morning lark, so it works out. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing the episode with Ellen. I'm looking forward to this. This will be good. Oh, I can't promise I'm as fun and, bu- and bubbly as Ellen, but yeah. I'll try. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, here we go. Hey, what's up? Now everybody can see us. How you doing, Phil? Hi. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, so this episode of Cyberpunk Uncensored is all about Phil Harker-Smith. Uh, he's the, the GM to roll to cast. I had a previous episode with Ellen, uh, one of his partners with the podcast, one of his players in the, in the live game play that they do. Um, but I'm excited to have Phil and, and kind of talk GM stuff and just everything Phil Harker Smith. And then when we're, <laughs> done, when we're done here, we'll, go, we'll do that episode for Game Master Tips and talk about campaign building. I think that'll be really cool. Fantastic. Yeah, sounds good. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to go over here since we're going live. I'm going to open up the chat. Uh, so anybody watching the, the live stream here, uh, I don't know if you're watching on Facebook or Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, whatever, uh, feel free to join the chat and just type in any questions you have or any commentary and we'll try to, we'll try to get that involved. Uh, preferably if you go to the Twitch or you go to uh, the YouTube channel, that would be awesome. It's just Cyberpunk Uncensored on YouTube. But yeah, I'm here with Phil Harker-Smith and... Uh, before we get into like role to cast and all the, you know, kind of, I don't, I don't want to say like business side of shit or whatever, but you know, like all the, <laughs> you know, like the, the productivity things that you do, let's take it back. I always like to kind of start and take it back to the beginning, bring me yeah. to like, you know, little, little Phil Harker Smith, or, you know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to hear about <laughs> little, little Phil's first time, like getting down with a role playing game, what it was, you know, take me through the, to, to the his, your well, history. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? I wasn't, I wasn't all that little uh, when I started playing role playing games. Obviously, I was aware of of D and D and stuff growing up, but I didn't actually get to play any D and D or any role playing game until I was uh, an adult, and I'd already uh, moved from the UK to Australia. And some people I met here played. Um, uh, but I, I didn't really have a group or anything, and I was interested, so I actually joined a game at a store so you know your friendly neighborhood gaming store and oh, yeah. uh, i joined this this game of uh, i think it was fourth head D back then and now, wait a minute. You, so you joined one at a store you said so you weren't was this yeah. prior to you know social media and stuff like that or were you just kind of keeping it local or why did you know, because like for uh, instance, I, when I talk basically... about first gaming and I take it back, I'm always like, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, if you wanted to play, it was either someone you knew at school or like at the local shop because this was before, 
you know, MySpace and Facebook and all the, all the social media sites started, you know? Social media was definitely a thing, but I think stuff like Roll20 and the remote playing, it certainly wasn't on my radar. I hadn't heard of it before. Yeah, I think, so I think those I, are definitely new, much newer, yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially since the lockdowns everywhere, I think they've they've got even more popular. Oh, yeah, thank um, God they're there, but as, you know? Yeah, that's right, that's, that's awesome. right. But I think they grew in, in tandem with... Um, D and D getting getting mainstreamed by things like you know Stranger Things, um, and people were like looking for more opportunities to play. But yeah, I was, so I was like uh, mid late twenties, and I, I joined this game, and you know the people are friendly enough. It's not an RPG horror stories or anything, uh, but the DM was the very very dull. Oh. <laughs> it was no description, just like the goblin moves to the left one square and. They throw a pot at you. It hits you. You are now sticky. And it's like, yeah. And I, I was immediately like, oh, I could, I could make this so much more exciting and descriptive, yeah, and interesting. Yeah, and that's like, where my you're like, please, at least more adjectives, please. Like, let's yes, that's little, right, little, that's right. A little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, so I saw the potential of it, and it was one of those situations where seeing someone do it sort of one way made me want to do it better myself. So that's. That's sort of my inspiration to get into to DMing. Um, and I immediately sort of started thinking off of my own campaign and, and trying to gather friends. And sort of that didn't stop after that, basically. I made a, a little custom forehead campaign and then started to realize, you know, that there's 40K games like Dark Heresy. I played a bit of Mage and Vampire and Changeling. And it all just sort of opened up in my 20s, Um my late 20s and uh after that point as well i realized that i wanted to be an actor and i went to acting school and it, it sort of dovetails all quite nicely together yeah i think when i talked to uh to ellen on that she talked about meeting some of the the you know your team or whatever when you guys first met i i think through uh, a playhouse or something or doing acting or something along those lines it, it yeah was... we went to the same academy in adelaide yeah okay that's what it was nice Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and that definitely helps because, as you know, like being a game master, going from like someone who's dull, who's just kind of reading the stats or whatever, to like yeah. be, being able to get more descriptive. And then, especially like if you can act or get a little animated or passionate about it, it's that much more fun for the players because then you're like acting out the NPCs, maybe throwing an accent or a vibe or like an attitude aside from description, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's actually one of the, the kind of the core things that I love as a DM, uh, you know, combat and stats and stuff. I think they're they're vital and 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 things like you know danger and chance really add that extra you know drama to a game. But for me, you know, throwing in different characters and doing different voices and characteristics is one of the big appeals to me. Uh, and you'll see there's a couple of um, if you listen to the podcast, you'll see there's a oh, few yeah. episodes in Cyberpunk where I switch between like three or four characters in in a in a session, and it's it's. It's what I live for. It's really oh, fun. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I watch all, all of your uh, your sessions and stuff. Like I, I've mentioned before on the different episodes, like I love watching live gameplay on YouTube and I love listening to live gameplay uh, podcasts like when I exercise and things like instead of listening to music, I'll listen to live gameplay. You know, it's funny, but I just yeah. I love it, you know, and I, I've listened to all of yours as well. Like, well, at least, you know, very cyberpunk focused. Like I'm very much into cyberpunk, obviously, but um but yeah, when I saw that you guys were doing the red rules, I think that's what got me really into what you guys had going on, you know, um, because you had that advanced copy, which was really cool. It was cool to, 
you know, listen to your gameplay and kind of see, and this was before I had the advanced copy myself. I think you, you guys were one of the first. If I mean, I, I'm not sure. I don't know the history of how the beta. I think we might have been, been the first, but I think it's, it's, that's not really yeah, that not important. important. <laughs> but, but my point is, yeah, like definitely before me. So like I was watching and trying to like uh, extract like, oh shit, okay, that's how that <laughs> yeah. works now. That's definitely different. Than oh, that's a bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I was like trying to figure it all out, you know? Um, but yeah, I was definitely into it. I really enjoyed it. And I like, you know, the, like you said, the way that you, you kind of get into different NPCs and make, you know, bring them to life. I think that's a lot of fun. <laughs> but what did you, how did, <laughs> how did you end up getting into cyberpunk? Was it just through, you know, you said you've over the course of when you got into role-playing games, you know, it sounds like you've dabbled in a bunch of different ones. And I know like with your, yes. your podcast, you're doing, but how did, you know, you get to the, the point of cyberpunk and getting red and kind of doing that right now? Well, we were looking at um, starting a new series. We were looking at doing something um, role-playing game-based because, you know, we're actors and theatre makers and we, we wanted something that, that played to those skills. Um, and I think Ellen touched on this before. We were um, not really big on playing D&D. Um, it's really sort of open-ended. Uh, lots of people are doing it sort of oversaturated. And it just we wanted to do something a bit unique. Um, I'm a gamer, TM, um, uh, a big enthusiastic gamer. And then, you know, all the stuff started for 2077 started to come out, uh, particularly the, um, the the big one was that 40-minute that gameplay reveal oh, yeah. uh, of Alpha. And everyone just went, oh, wow, this, <laughs> strap in. This could actually be really, you know, potentially, you know, really game-changing um, to... to to use a shitty pun. Um, uh, and at that point, I was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, and I started to look into it more and I discovered, hey, look, this is this comes from a lineage of, uh, of role-playing games, you know, and uh, CD Projekt Red are actually putting this together from a world. So I was like, oh, my God, this this has an, this has a, uh, an RPG from the 80s. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's really rad. It's rough around the edges in a few ways, but holy, you know, that first page of the of the cp 2020 book has got all this attitude it's got all this kind of like it's written in this really particular way that's just like uh really sort of like gutsy and and hardcore and i was like this is great this this we should do this um you know we should we should make a a role-playing uh podcast out of this and i brought it to the crew and they were like yes we can oh, yeah. see ourselves playing characters in this. We can see how fun this is. We can see how exciting it is for people right now. And we just, we went from there, basically. Hell yeah. No, that's awesome. I, yeah, I love how you mentioned, you know, like everybody mentions and everybody notices, and I love it because it is definitely a key factor to like cyberpunk's vibe is like the attitude in the writing, even in like the rules, you know, like they don't just, even, yeah. they don't just like lay out, here's the rules, this is how it works. It's like, it's just, I can't describe it. But it just has, like you said, like just a, 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 a fucking sassy attitude or something to it where yeah. it's like it makes you feel. It has like, a voice. Yeah. Oh, totally. It has a, it has a voice. I was talking about that uh, on yesterday's stream. I was doing an, an episode with uh, Pat, Patrick Knaus of uh, Two Brothers Gaming. And we were talking about that, like how when it when you look at like the, the injury chart, you know, and like your, your uh, you know, critical injuries and all that chart. And like when it gets all the way down to like mm. death saves and it talks about like your, your last chance and if you don't make it. Like the the description or whatever at the end is like, so what's the name of your new character? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's got like that yeah. type of attitude. Maybe it doesn't say that exactly, but you know what I mean. It has yeah. like <laughs> that that cool attitude. I love it. So like, there's, 
There's, um, I don't know if you know Dark Heresy, the 40k game. It has a different voice, but it definitely has its own voice as well. And I'm really attracted to both games. They have a bit of DNA in common, I think. Nice. Yeah, no, I, I'm not, I know of it, but I'm not familiar with it. Like, I, my whole background with role playing games, I didn't dabble in so many. Um, I started with D&D, you know, second edition when I was a kid. That was around mm-hmm. my time of getting into it, you know, and then got into Cyberpunk when that came out. And I, those have been my, like, two, you know, I followed those. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I love, like, my D&D for my fantasy over here and my Cyberpunk for my dark dystopian future over here, you know. But, um, <laughs> but I, I, haven't, I haven't messed with too many others. But, um, but yeah, with, uh, with Cyberpunk 2020, so, like, you've tried all these different ones and then, you, like, you got into Cyberpunk. And then obviously, like, um, and I totally agree, uh, I think you are right, me and Ellen talked about the fact that, like, when you were doing the podcast and you started Roll to Cast, um, how the scene is just saturated with D&D, and there's not a lot yeah. of coverage of a lot of the other ones, you know? And especially, like, Cyberpunk with all the hype coming up, it's like, man, there needs to be more of a push for it, you know? So I can totally see yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. filling a gap, and that's that's cool as hell. I mean, that's what, why I love, got into you guys, you know? But, um, but when you did all that, was it pushing it, you know, the live gameplay on the podcast and all that that kind of got you on the radar to get the beta red uh, from Artal Soyan and kind of get into the full red uh, play? Yeah, so we got a lot of support from uh, RTG when we put out our um, 2020 game going mainstream. Um, particularly, uh, Jay Gray was really, really supportive uh, and and was like a big fan and and said, you know, I don't normally, but I've I've shown some of this to uh, to to Mike and some of the creators, um, and he was just really, really supportive. And through those conversations, um, as Red was coming up and we were expressing our excitement, that was when the sort of uh, the discussion and negotiation for um, getting an early look at Red came about because um, they were just really happy with what what we'd done for 2020 and and we were like give us a shot we'll make something really special for red uh and i hope i hope we're doing that uh, we're about halfway through the season right now hell yeah yeah and anybody watching you know i'll put the links in the description so you can kind of check out their podcast and see what they're doing but as you see in the logo there above them it's roll to cast and it's roll r-o-l-e not roll like rolling dice it's roll to cast but um, but yeah, check, look that up, check it out. Like I said, the link will be there. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I love the gameplay. Like I said, I've been watching it. I, I see everything that you're doing with, you know, getting into red and now like you've got it. And I know like we can't talk about the details, you know, I've got the beta yeah. myself, you know, I stream it like, you know, I'm part of that community. Now I'm lucky enough, you know, to, to get in <laughs> on, on like the last round, I was like begging to, to be involved, you know, but, um, but what going from 2020 to red, what have, have been some of like, yeah, I don't know, your favorite changes or, or whatever um or what so do you like the most about red i think the the definitely the headline change for me the biggest one is the way uh roles are handled and the role abilities are handled i think it's the most exciting part i think it's the most fleshed out from 2020 to red there are a bunch of good tweaks and changes and system updates but that's the biggest overhaul uh, closely followed by net running which i think is super oh, yeah. exciting i based almost my whole campaign around it um it's it's sort of a big part of the story in our red campaign because uh, we have a, a net runner i sort of made them the protagonist which is something you can kind of do when you write a podcast um uh but yeah the role abilities uh, and how there's like options within each one mechanics yeah. that are unique to every class you know a, a, a corpo in 2020 is just like oh yeah i'm, I'm a corpo and and you know that's 
I have I have uh, I have an ability I can roll every so often, and we can sort of interpret what that means. Right, right. Uh, and then you look at twenty twenty, and you've got here are five different types of employees you can have. Yeah, in um, yeah. Here are some stat blocks you can roll for your employees. Uh, if you get level three corpo, you get a condo or, you know, for example, uh, you know, here are the mechanics for loyalty. You know, if you if you fail to praise your employees this right. session, you know, <laughs> their loyalty starts to drop, you know, and you it really um, gives the players not only options, but indications of like, what's the fun stuff with this role? And the fun stuff with the corpo role is having a team of employees and having to keep them sweet, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just think it's so, uh, there's so much more to get your teeth into for players of oh, any yeah. role. Oh yeah. No, I love it. I think that's one of my favorite parts too. I mean, obviously like, you know, the more streamlined net running and all that, it's great. It, it makes it so part of the team now and the way it works. Mm. I don't know. It's just really cool. But definitely when, it, you know, the individual role stuff that they, that they did and not just the role abilities, but individual role life path stuff is exciting. Yes. I really yeah. like just like you said, the depth that they put in, like each role, like the exec. Now, you know, if they have different, uh, you know, like it's, it's like you said, defined with what they can have as far as their team or, the, you know, out of their resources, what they're pulling in. And then, like, within levels, it defines, like you said, like, you know, whether it be their suit or their condo or their whatever, you know, it just it it doesn't just leave it open for interpretation. It kind of lays out and it makes sense. That's what I like about it too, is I feel that where they elaborated things, it, I don't feel like it's, Oh God, it's, it's too much or too crunchy or it's not even like that. It's like where they expanded things in red are just so perfect. Like they're just put in the right spots. And then the things that they, they pulled back on are just perfect to me. Like, I don't know. I think that they're just doing a great job. I really agree with that. I think particularly like uh, the skill list, um, which I don't think has gone through much change between Jumpstart and 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 the beta that I've seen. I don't think it's gone well, through much change. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a few tweaks, I think. Yeah, yeah. From from uh, I think the Jumpstart to beta, I think there's definitely more. There's more. You know, like I don't think they listed everything in Jumpstart. If mm. I'm remembering right, I don't think they have all the skills there. Um, but if you look at 2020 to oh yeah, yeah red, 2020, you can see how it's been really streamlined down into what's. Oh, What's yeah. important? There were some odd skills they, in they, 2020. Like all the sciences were like broken up into exactly. their own things. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to uh, say that. <laughs> yeah, you could be like physicist. Yeah, there, uh, yeah, there's too much, have a lot of too much crossover in 2020. Where like skills were yeah. almost confusing. Like you're like, oh, uh, is that for this? And or is that for this? And like I don't know. There were certain things like and and some with the role stuff. But um, but yeah, no. I feel they I don't know better defined that with red. It's more. Um, each thing is unique and it's defined with what it does, you know, and they even took some that I felt were so broad and they broke them into different things. Like instead of just yeah. having like notice awareness or whatever, like they break, you know, there's like the the whole conceal reveal object stuff versus there's uh, things like con- concentration as well, which I use a bit exactly. in my campaign for like memory and stuff. Yeah. It's really good. That one. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> What's your favorite role out of all of them, though? Like, you know, seeing all the different expansions that they've done with life path and role abilities and all that. And I know you're a GM, but like, you know. Yeah, so I have to love everyone equally, right? (laughs) Well, and also a lot of times, you know how it is, like when you're a GM, like you can make each one work and each one is kind of fun because it has its own unique, cool things. And I don't know, you you like the diversity sometimes. But if you were to play or when you do play or when you think about like your favorite player, that you typically get to fuck with as a GM. I don't know. What's your, what's, <laughs> what's your favorite role typically? 
Well, I am uh, hopefully um, John John's going to heist us to do a little bit of a like a one shot with him um, as cast members. So, and I'm planning on building a med tech for that. Um, nice. <laughs> I'm really interested to see how med tech plays out. I really like the mechanic they have of being able to just like stick you in a stasis bag and just like drag you off the field. I think that's really cool. Oh, and and med techs are so, so much needed in red, huh? Like it just, I feel like things are more, a bit more dangerous and a bit more rough in red. It's like med techs come in way more handy now. I feel. (laughs) Yeah. With all the, the kind of uh, extra like meat uh, in terms of, of injuries and stuff, you know, critical injuries and, smash your spine up, lose an eye, you know, you all these things that can happen, you know, having a med tech on hand is going to be really, really handy. So I'm really keen to see how that plays out. Uh, I, I particularly think that the new tech role itself is really fun. I'm really happy with what Sean did with that on our uh, podcast. He went really, really field technician, which is really cool. He was just like, you know, they're ready to sort of get his teeth into any new piece of technology that he he came across out in the field. Um, but the the flexibility in that role is that you can have someone who's like a mad inventor instead or someone who's an upgrade specialist. I think that is so cool the way you can divide your points like that oh, yeah. and, 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 and have something uh, more defined for your tech to, to do and be good at. So I really like that as well. Uh, I'm just going to go through all roles yeah. at this rate, but, uh, yeah, yeah. No, but, I, but I definitely... Nomad, I think, is so cool, just because, not just because of the the ability to upgrade their vehicles, but also their their role in the world is is now very exciting as well. So oh, those yeah. those are probably my favorites. Huh. Exactly as well, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> as you say, I'm a, I'm a DM, so I, I sort of like all of them and all of the possibilities. I like yeah. making NPCs that fulfill each of the roles as well. So I, I, it's really hard for me. It's like asking me to pick between children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, one one of my favorites is always Fixer, but I but I mm. do love uh, like you know you mentioning the tech thing, like how in 2020 it always felt like a tech was just this sort of like I don't know nerdy fix-it guy right and Mm. like you know it's like gear and equipment to fix things or be that sort of guy with a wrench i guess i don't know how else to explain Mm. it but like when i when i look at red it definitely like you said you know you could be someone that's like upgrading things or inventing things not just fixing Mm. things but you can also fix things but you can also i don't know to me like the tech it's just really cool and it allows people to kind of make their own type of tech and that's not to say i mean Every role feels like that now with the different life path choices that there are within each role and then their abilities. I feel like each role now is multifaceted to where you can fine-tune each role to be kind of a little more unique and specific than you could in 2020. Yeah, and, and, and coming from like a theater-making background, I think that gives people more scaffolding to not just kind of build a character mechanically, but build a character uh, uh in terms of personality as well, you know, you, the, the tech who is an upgrade specialist likely has a different outlook on life than the person who is a inventor or a field tech. Um, and, and similarly with, with say your, your exec as well, like the kind of team that you put together will, and will start to kind of define who you are as a character. And then as you say, each role now has, life path stuff as well to get even more kind of texture in terms of who that that character is 
uh, anything I think to do with you know when you play a role playing game like this, which has really distinct classes, um, what you do is part of who you are. So the more detail, the more uh, mechanics there is around what what uh, you can accomplish in this world, tells you more as a player about who what kind of person is attracted to that role and what kind of person they might be in this world. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's also cool to see how they develop the character. I was talking to, uh, on the previous episode about, uh, you know, how compared to other role-playing games, and, I, and, you know, you probably see this being that you've played so many others too, but um, how instead of just kind of like leveling up, boom, you get all these, level up, boom, you get access to all this, <clears> cool, <throat> this you know, and it keeps going like that, whatever. That's fine. That's one way. It's very D and D style, you know, and I can appreciate that for that. It's very gaming. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do feel that like cyberpunk is more like, you know, you're earning as you. There's no like boom, boom. It's kind of like you're just earning as you go, and it kind of fluctuates based on what you're doing, the speed at which you earn things, and especially now with the new IP chart, the way Red does it. But like, you know, you're you're kind of growing, and then the player designates kind of where those points are going with i i feel a lot more options comparatively to like say D D or other ones where yeah maybe when you level up they're like okay now you get an extra point you can either choose from this or this you know but i feel like with um cyberpunk you can go up and use your points to increase this a lot or a couple things a little and i don't know it's just kind of cool to see how players you know one create their character and, and make it unique using that life path and roles and make each thing, I don't know, just different than, than the standard. And then how, as, yeah. as they grow and develop, how they put their experience and things in and make that character come to life. I really like that about cyberpunk. Yeah. There's this great thing where they've, uh, at least in the, the beta I've seen, they have three character generation methods, really, really fast and dirty. You just, you just, pick a stat block basically and it gives you your skills and your, your gear and everything and you just go and then you've got your one with a few more options um sort of edge runner option which is a template but you can choose pick and choose here and there and then you completely skills agnostic one where you just pick everything ad hoc as you like mm-hmm. and i think that is so exciting for players as you say it's not just like oh i am this class so everything in this class goes up by one um you know, you can, if you wanted to, you can be a tech who knows absolutely nothing about guns. Like you've right. never taken apart a gun ever. You have zero skill in it, you know, apart from your base technique. So that, you know, you, you, you sort of like, well, I know things. I could I could pull this apart in intuition. But you might know everything there is to know about vehicles, say. Um, you can just, you can, you can push and pull and, or you might be an amazing conversationalist. You just, you know, going against the type of being like a fix it nerd, you're actually really suave and cool and, and persuasive. Uh, there's really, uh, they've really sort of unleashed players if they go for the full, um, uh, the, the full charge in rules. Yeah. And similarly, as you say, with leveling up, everything is incremental, and your development is totally in your hands. And it plays much more into this this tension that uh, Red has, um, Cyberpunk in general has, with it being a, a, a sort of a game, yes, and has to be fun to play, but also it being a bit more grounded and gritty and realistic. Yeah. Uh, I think that tension's handled really well in Red. Oh, big time. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. Uh, and the way the, they have that balance, but like, and like you were just saying about the IP, one thing I love about it is it's not just you know 
earning points based on like you know you you, you defeat certain enemies and get so many mm. experience points from them and you're you're adding them up and okay cool now I make it to the next level. It's like and especially with red with the new kind of IP chart whether they complete a campaign or just a session part of that campaign depends on how you use the chart but players can get rewarded for being like you know the the combat hero or the the most persuasive and, and sneaky puzzle, puzzle solver or you know not even as character but as a player they did a really good job role playing they got into character they used you know they they made decisions based on the character and you can reward them that way and i just i love I don't know the diversity within that system because to me, like you said, it just it feels real. It feels organic to me. Like you're you're really honestly growing as a person or whatever, learning it mm. life life experiences, and you're growing. I don't know. It seems more it's flu- also, more fluid and real. Yeah, it's also the creators showing that they know what makes a session fun. They okay. know that, and and putting in feedback into the game to encourage good play and and multi-dimensional play um because some people will want to will be really good role players some people will min max their characters to be uh you know uh combat monsters and both are valid both are worth rewarding and you can just tell that you know the guys at rtg they play a lot (laughs) you know and they know what makes uh uh role-playing games fun yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. But yeah, no, they definitely, it feels like it's been fleshed out and it has like that gamer side to it where it's like, no, 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 we need more of this and more of that. And like, it's to me, it's constructed perfectly that way. And going back on the role thing you said too, it's it's definitely cool. Like uh, another example I always like to, to bring up when it comes to the, I don't know, the diversity within role creation is like, for instance, just even a solo. Back in the day, it would always be like, okay, I'm a solo, um, I'm a hired assassin or bodyguard or tough guy. But, um, you know, within the skills, am I going to be particular to, um, you know, handguns or machine guns or this? And, like, you'd kind of define the weapon use for the most part. Mm. But I do feel now with solo, um, like with roll abilities, it's like, man, you can be really good at, like, uh, you know, giving out damage or taking damage or really, like, sharpshooter style or very, like, sneaky assassin ninja style. Or you can be like, I don't know, it it seems like the way that the combat... uh, you know, uh, role ability works and breaks down in, into like subcategories entering combat in combination with all the skills. It just, it gives, especially solos, uh, more diversity than I've seen before, which I think was really neat. Definitely. Because up till then, solo yeah. was always just kind of like the tank with a gun. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. I'm, I'm quicker than everyone else and I'm more accurate than everyone else. And you're like, that's cool. Uh, you'll notice that we haven't actually had a solo in any of our, yeah. our campaigns. <laughs> it's not an indictment against solos, but uh, I think... Uh, for people, especially um, who, who want to do more sort of role playing stuff, uh, in 2020 the solo felt a little, a little bit one dimensional, uh, as you say. Um, it was you know just about being quick, having a gun, and being a killer. As you can say, you, you, your your role ability now is, you can change it per combat encounter. So you you have this extra skill. You have this extra, um, both like in, in terms of meta and terms of your character of like, like, what do I need for this fight? Do I need to be soaking up damage for my friends? Right. Do I need to be get the drop on my opponents? Do I need to, uh, you know, one shot, one kill because I'm on a time limit? You know, there's there's uh, a lot of um, scope for being 
uh, being smart, having having yeah. good decisions, you know, and playing your solo well, and not just being like, okay, this is my time to to roll my dice. Well, I win right, the right. combat. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. I got the gun. Everyone, move out of the way, I'm gonna do the fighting now. Everyone, back up. Like it, now, like yeah. you said, now I feel like it's more like chess. Like you're entering a combat, and you're like, okay. There's a bunch of fucking people, so let me try to be more like this. Or, okay, there's one real tough guy. Let me try to be more like this. And, like, you can kind of enter each situation a little differently and kind of drop those points tactfully to make that, I don't know, the best it could be for you. And I love that. I think it's really cool. Yeah, and as, as a DM, I like to to make sure that combat doesn't happen just for the sake of it. You know, I, you try to make a kind of a stake you know, are we trying to get in and out fast, steal something, you know, before backup arrives? Are we trying to escape a dangerous situation? Um, are we, uh, you know, is it a vendetta, an assassination? You know, there's, there should always be a extra reason to be fighting if you can thread one in there. Uh, and having those options in combat make that even more exciting, I think. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit more about Roll the Cast? I just kind of fill me Yay. in on what you're doing with it now. Like I know we already kind of mentioned it lightly about it, but you're getting into, you know, you're, well, you're in the middle of your red campaign. Um, you're going to be going and, and taking the team over to play with John, John, which is awesome. I'm a big fan of John. And, um, but yeah, back to roll the cast. Um, let's talk a little bit more about that, you know, start with the history of it a little bit more in detail and up to where, where you are and then what you're planning sure. on doing with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the roller cast, I guess the elevator pitch is that it's a variety RPG um, podcast with um, a emphasis on acting, role playing, and and presentation, uh, where we play a whole bunch of slightly less known games, and we we keep uh, mixing it up every season. So there's always something a bit a bit different both for us to tackle and for our listeners to listen to. So we're in our third season. We are Cyberpunk 2020, um, which I DM'd. And then we've got uh, a vampire campaign set in Adelaide, which Chris DM'd, and then we're in the middle of Red. And we're, we've got some stuff coming down the track as well. Uh, two options for season four. Don't know which one will end up as four, which one will end up as five. Uh, but we'll, you can sort of uh, find out more about that as, as Red wraps up. We like to sort of kind of keep oh, yeah. our, our cards close to our chest until we get the next one. So what that means is we 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 record all our gameplay. It's all real gameplay. But then we take all that recording and we put original music to it. We um, edit it. We cut it down. We put sound effects. Uh, and there's that little bit of extra sort of production that we put to it that kind of moves it a bit closer to the realm of, audio drama so it's sort of a hybrid audio drama rpg podcast yeah i love it i think i I feel like it's like you said it's it's almost like an audio drama to where like and especially for someone like me like i love gameplay and i I sometimes like it raw because of being a gm i like all the i don't know decision making or like in between chatter too sometimes because i'll i don't know pick up things out of that you know but there's also another side like i really do enjoy like what you guys are doing i love listening to it because it is almost like I don't know, listening or, you know, in my mind's eye seeing a film because you guys do, you add like a lot of great flavor to it. It's not just the dry gameplay. You kind of cut out some of the fat and add in some cool shit. It's really cool. Thanks. Thanks very much. (laughs) Yeah. And we make, we make no bones about that. You know, there is an element of artificiality to it and, and editing, you know, that I think both, um, both styles are really valuable and, and there's, 
there's games out there for you if you really want to see every single moment. You know, if you want that that two hour session playing uh, and you you hear every moment, you know, that's out there for you. But we're trying to make these lovely digestible half hour episodes where you're you know you're in and out and there's no dead space. You know, and yeah, you just yeah. kind of dive in for half an hour. That's the idea. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and you know, you bring up a good point, too, sometimes with live gameplay, like, you know, because I, I stream it live and I just go beginning to end. There's no, you know, editing. And like every once in a while, there'll be those moments where people are thinking or they make a decision within themselves. And it's like you got to quickly fill that gap. You know, I know what you mean. Like sometimes there can be a little downtime, you know. So I, I definitely mm-hmm. try to combat that during the live. But uh, but you guys do a great job with uh, with the editing stuff and the way you guys pull it off. Um, and real Thank quick, you. just in the chat here, what's up, Ron? I, I see you there. It just took me a minute to get back to you. And Scott, thanks for tuning in, too. And Scott says, for us that don't have the beta rules, like with the Jumpstart kit, uh, how would we use these rules for the med tech without going back to, to the 2020 rules? Well, I think, I, yeah, I, I think you, with med tech, got... yeah, yeah, with med tech, I mean, I think you, know, you, you just use as much as you can from Jumpstart. And then just how, depending on how, I don't know, crunchier in detail you want to get with like the med tech abilities and the diversity within it, just pull from 2020 for now, because I can tell you that going into red, it's, you know, they're going to explain it. It's definitely in detail. You're going to have more options, but it's not so far off that they, you can't still pull from 2020. And that's the other thing too, is like a lot of the source books, you'll be able to kind of pull things into red. You know, it's not so drastically different that you can't figure out like, okay, well, a little bit of math here makes that work. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, yeah. If you don't I think have that, I think start, that, yeah. I think that they're detailed enough. Unfortunately, people are just gonna have to sort of wait and see how how those roles play out fully in red. They're quite detailed. It's quite hard to sort of reverse engineer from from the vague comments that we're making. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm at least letting them know. I know we just had a delay be, as well. So yeah, yeah. No, I feel like I'm at least letting them know. I feel it, it's possible. And like, it unfortunately, we yeah. can't talk about yeah, yeah. it in, in detail. But yeah, I, I feel like it is. Yeah. And I'm I'm big on homebrew. I wrote some 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 individual stuff for for 2020. So you, you oh, yeah. definitely just pull together whatever you can, make it work. Yeah, and I was doing the same thing. Uh, if you go to the channel, you'll see. I, I don't think I have it listed on playlists on the things. But if you go to the uploaded videos, you'll see the previous streams. I was doing a 2020 red hybrid, and I was basically just using all of Red Jumpstart. I was pulling in 2020 to fill gaps Mm -hmm. and then anything that wasn't making sense between those two that I couldn't make work, I was homebrewing and it worked and it was fun. The players had fun. I had fun. It was great. I was jealous that other people had red, but I was still having a good time. I was still having a good time. The DNA is the same. The interlock system is the same. So there's, there's a lot of adaptability and people who are familiar with 2020 will be at home in red. Yeah, exactly. No, and, and the number one rule is have fun. So, like, man, if you can just make it have fun, have it make sense to yourself and the players, and I think you'll, you know, it'll work and you'll have a good time. And then eventually, you know, red will be out to public. I know there was another little delay, uh, but it will eventually be out, and everyone's gonna fucking love it, and everything will be cool then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but, uh, I really like how open RTG are being about the reasons oh, for yeah. it and the timelines for it. I think it's really great of them to to communicate in the way that they have. I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you on that. I feel I'm I'm one of the people, and it's not just because like I have red bait. I know it's easy for you know people might think it's easy for us just yeah, to say yeah. that because we we get a little taste of it. And believe me, the red bait doesn't have everything in it. There's a lot of C page XXX, and it's not there. We just have oh, the, and it's just it's the core. There's rules. no extra law. Like yeah, you yeah. know, the data I have is the same. You know, the law is all pulled from the Jumpstart kit. You know, and right. that. 
that is something that's going to be extremely exciting that we as creators, we haven't actually had a look at. We, we're waiting for that stuff as well. And if you look at the latest message they sent out, one of the reasons for the delay is they added a ton of extra law, especially to link it up yeah. to 2077. And I'm, I can't wait for that stuff. You know, exactly. I, I, I am just shaken with anticipation waiting for that extra law stuff. Cause as a campaign writer, that is the stuff that is inspiring. That is the stuff that you, you can, you, you go, Oh, okay. This is going to be the, the heart of a campaign or, Oh, I can include this as a side thing. You know, that is, is, is I, I really think it's going to be worth waiting for. Yeah, most definitely. And, and, what I, what I was getting at a second ago, too, that I want to make a good point of is like, you know, even though it might seem like it's easy for, for you know, me to just say like, you know, wait, it's going to be good. You know, we, you know, they have more delays, but we understand. Hell, I, before I had Red Beta, I was like that. Even when I was jealous seeing a couple others like you guys, you know, have Red <laughs> Beta, I'm like, mm, I want that and I'm trying to extract rules. But I was still like into playing the 2020 hybrid. Like, like you said, it's still the same, you know uh, – beast or whatever like just get on it and, and and do it but i was still at that point like appreciative of um our talsorian taking their time i really liked the mm-hmm. fact that they want to make sure the lore matches up with whatever 2020 you know 2077 is putting out that way from 2020 through red up to 2077 it fucking makes sense and it feels like a real world and whether you're playing the video game or the role or the tabletop it all just kind of makes sense and and because mm. and because of that, it's so much more immersive and so much more real and rich in, in depth. And like, even when I didn't have it, even though like I wanted it to be out, you know, anytime there would be a delay, I'd be like, damn it! I was still like, but yeah, guys, no, if you if you you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, if you got, but if you guys need to change something to make it better, do it because like the end mm. result, like you're gonna love it that much more, you know? Yeah, and it's it's a similar philosophy they're taking into into developing 2077. Obviously, that's been delayed a couple of times, and they're like, we want to polish it, we want to make it good. And uh, the thing I pointed out to people who get disappointed about waiting for either Red or for 2077 or, you know, get up in arms about it is that, you know, uh, do you remember that The Witcher 3 was delayed a couple of times, you know? Uh, no, no one, no one really remembers that. They remember that it's an amazing game, that it's a classic that has stood the test of time, right? And I think the same thing will happen about 2077. If it's as good as we all hope, uh, and the same thing with Red, which I'm pretty damn confident it's going to be as good as we all hope because I've got to see some of it, um, is that, you know, the delay won't matter to you uh, in two years' time when you've had, you know, two campaigns right. under your belt. You'll just remember that it's it's fun uh, I, I, and it's a, a, it's a great thing and you appreciate that they took the extra time on it. You know, the delay is not going to be, it's not going to um, define the experience. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel like it's its just people have such a passion for it that they just, mm. you know, they just get so worked right up. Yeah, yeah, they get so worked up. But it's like it actually comes from a good place, honestly. You know, yeah. like I feel like it. I feel like it's coming from a good place even when people get pissed off about, about it not coming out yet, you know? Yeah, it'd be so much worse if they rushed it out the door to get our money, you know? Right, that, yeah, yeah. We don't want that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's a real Arasaka move. So yeah, exactly. Um, but one thing I forgot to to bring up because you mentioned like the video game and then seeing the the tabletop or getting into what was happening with Red and, and everything. What? So are you into video games or were you prior? You know, more into video games before tabletop role playing is before you got into that. And was it that that, that fully brought the attention to the tabletop? 
Uh, yeah, so I, I um, have been really into games like my whole life. Um, we had a Commodore 64. We had a BBC in our house. Uh, <laughs> see, I had an Acorn PC, which I played this like dog fighting game. It was like the first 3D game I think I ever played. Um, so it was pretty cool. Uh, and then we had a Game Boy and a Mega Drive. So, you know, I've, 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 Sort of my, I have three brothers, and and they've all sort of put it aside as they grew up, and I I never did. Uh, so, uh, I I I love games as as a medium, as an art form, whether it's just uh, just bumming around or or you know playing something you know very mechanical like Tetris, or it's a, a giant immersive world like Witcher or, or something like that. So, uh, for me, sort of games are a day to day fabric of of who I am. Um, and and the stories they tell have been really really meaningful and important to me. Uh, so definitely, sort of gaming is part of it, part of me and my identity. And then the excitement of twenty seventy seven sort of dovetailed into my growing love of of, uh, of not just role playing games, but being a DM as well. And I was like, I want to tell a story in this world. Um, and I think those those things come together really well. You have RPGs, you know, on the computer where you you have the opportunity to sort of change who, how you tackle the challenges, but the story is largely the same, um, depending on, on on the game you play. You know, some CRPGs have really divergent paths, but uh, as a DM, you get one step further back in the creation. You can just, just tell the whole just tell the story yeah. you want to tell. Um, so, yeah, those two things uh, kind of dovetail really, really, really nicely for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you just kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head in the sense that I feel it's the open world aspect that makes it so attractive because like when you play RPG games, like you said, you know, it feels a little more open world than other video games where it's just this one path you have to accomplish within choices, but the story is is, is some somewhat streamlined. But, and I think that's one thing like why Cyberpunk 2077 has just such the hype and such the, I don't know, big build is because of that open world feel. You know, it just feels like this, you know, this real place, you know, that you can explore. But I feel it's that uh, that sort of aspect of the game that that's attractive that you see is even more attractive in the tabletop as long as you can make that transition. Because not everybody, you know, that's into video games is going to like a tabletop and vice versa and stuff. But I do feel like that's the aspect of it, though, is that ultimate open world. Like when you play a tabletop or you're into role playing games, it's like, man, uh, you can create and say and do and think anything and it's just it's all right there i mean there's repercussions there's rewards you know but <laughs> but it's all it's the ultimate. i mean as we, as we've said as well it's it's a really rich world with a like a long a long history of storytelling there's like a billion splat books for 2020 and yeah. um, already in 2077 you know uh, uh, you know some people who are new to it will be hyped by the fact that it's keanu reeves and then, you know, some old hands from 2020 are hyped because it's Johnny Silverhand, you know, or yeah. both. You know. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to put know. it. I never thought about that, but that's funny. That's a great way to put it. Like, you know, newer people are like, oh, shit. And it's like, it's Keanu Reeves. And like the old school is like, oh, shit, it's Johnny Silverhand. Like, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's so true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, that because that world has that texture and that depth, it means that it's... Um, it's easier to to place yourselves in it and to to uh, write or create a story in it because it, it you're not just sort of like on on quicksand going oh what can I grab onto what can I what can I structure um, you know it 
there's there's so many nooks and crannies in the world where you can go oh that that's an interesting uh alleyway let's explore that narrative you know let's let's do a, a team of tra- a trauma team game you know who 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 work for a for for a corp or something you know that's a, you can have a whole campaign based around you you being three guys who 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 go around you know fixing fixing people up who get into scrapes you know you could be street rats from the gutter you can be corporate execs you can uh be be guys who are, are trying to stop some sort of horrible corporate conspiracy there's so many different um possibilities there because the world has so much texture yeah uh, and i think i think um people are gonna gonna see that in red oh yeah no i think it's got that it's got the depth and just that grittiness and roughness and it's just it's just so so much to it and so much diversity within what they did like you said even just with the roles and stuff that it's i don't know it, it was always an open world but now it just feels even bigger like even more possibilities and things you know and that's even though in within the world some things feel a little constricted like there's no more communication and travel is dependent mm. on nomads and like you know how it is post nuclear fallout and like the city's being rebuilt but even yeah, with, even yeah. with those limitations it, to me it feels i don't know more <laughs> yeah there's this this i think Ellen touched on this a little bit there's a little bit more of um uh, sort of a player agency thing where because everything is is kind of wrecked there's more stakes in terms of like what you can what you can achieve uh and i think that makes it more open so the restrictions make things more open in in yeah. in a lot of a lot of fun ways you know there's 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 less uh pushing you down so you can you're free to to achieve more with your characters so that's really cool and i think touching on on this i think it's an, a really cool decision by rtg narratively to put this set red in this 2045 transition period where things are kind of fucked and we're trying to put them back together. I think it's unique. I think people will be really excited because they've never played in a world that looks like this, you know, right. that's it's got a little bit of the DNA from fallout, but it's not quite that far. Right. Um, but it's also got sort of a blade runner vibe because it's kind of, it, you know, civilization is still there. Corporate corporations are still kind of weighing you down. I think it's completely unique. It's yeah. got this, this, um, this halfway, this kind of twilight kind of idea between it. Not not vampires, twilight, it's yeah, twilight, it's a <laughs> crepuscular kind of feel to it, where where um, you know there's you're between things, and those are the moments where where, where stuff happens, right? Where where uh, you know things are up in the air, and everyone's oh, yeah. just waiting to see how they fall. Yeah, yeah, it feels like right now it's like, you know, a scramble. Everyone's just trying to find a position in the city and everyone's like elbowing for a spot, you know, like it's just all, like you said, up for grabs and it feels more dangerous that way, yet still more opportunity that way. It's just like, it's crazy, but it, it like somehow they've made it more and less at the same time and they've done it mm. the right way. And I think you, you said a great thing, like, it, you know, what balls and, and God damn, it's awesome that they did. But instead of just growing 2020 to 2077, they just did something that crazy and monumental just to be like, fuck everyone, fourth corporate war, boom, rebuild everything. <laughs> no communication, no transportation. This is changing. That's changing. Like, fuck it. It's Half the city's flooded. The yeah. place is irradiated. What are you going to yeah. do? It just um, it feels more real that way because, I mean, look at real life. Like, I'm here in L.A. and God damn, the skies are red from up I know, right? Yeah. It, 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 shit happens like that, you know? So. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's getting closer and closer to reality all the time. Uh, and if I can if I can use the use this point to like jump off and talk more about uh, my show, um, I wanted to find a a slot for for my players and for my campaign in this world um, in chaos. And uh, I, I sort of what I came up with in the end was this sort of turbo squatters these anarchists who who uh, took over a piece of the old infrastructure of the world a skyscraper that was abandoned and said well this is our home now this is this is our our pocket of the world and we're going to make it run the way we want it to run uh, and that's you know the scale on which you can build things because things are up in the air uh, because there's there's no one telling you what you can and can't do well, I was like well if I was in this world, I'd try and I'd try and build my utopia, you know, and that's what these guys have done. They've, they've gone. This is our society. This is our new world. So we're we're going to carve out a piece of it, uh, and, and that I think is the is the beauty of the possibilities they've they've set before people. Is, is that scope? You know, you can do what you want. Hell yeah! No, exactly. I think it's it's very open. And real quick from the from the chat, what's up, John? John says, "Love you guys. Can't wait to listen to this." Later. Hey, John. John. Yeah, and John, John, definitely listen to the the previous episode I did with Patrick and this one. We definitely give you some shout outs and some props throughout, man. You know, it's all one big cyberpunk family. And that's one thing I love about that cyberpunk too, and not just cyberpunk, but role playing games, but definitely cyberpunk specific, uh, that a lot of the GMs that I've met and players like everyone's very open and welcoming, not too many. Uh, act like anyone's stepping on anybody's toes. Everyone's just like, fuck yes, more content, more cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. Everyone move forward. Let's just keep fucking going and support each other. And I love it because we all know the more that we all support each other and the more we keep putting out more and more of this, the more players, the more GMs, the more exposure, which in the long run means more money for our Talsorian, which means more source books and more goodies and stuff that they'll be able to create for us all. You know what I mean? It's like this, this great cycle that we've got to just support and keep the momentum going you know yeah yeah i, I i'm we're going to do a dm tips and i think one of the things that i like yeah. to, to emphasize to people is the collaborative nature of the whole hobby right it, it it's about doing things together it's about telling a story together you know the dm's not your adversary and other people in the community are not your competitors you know we're all building something together and i think the community has really got behind that idea um, and and I think it's really wonderful to to be a part of. And and thank you for inviting me on. And oh, thanks, yeah. John, John, for like uh, offering to host the game for us as well. I think it's great. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. And real quick before we kind of wrap this up, because like uh, and just to let everybody know, we are going to go and do the game master tips with Phil, and we're and we're going to uh, you know probably not release that tonight. We'll kind of focus on on this great stream and interview, and then we'll release that like in a day or two. So you will see it. We'll tag in. I'll put the links in the description here and on the Game Master Tips. But aside from that, just explain uh, for anybody that doesn't want to look at description or click links where they can find the cast <laughs> and stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, it, can I can I plug the whole oh, yeah, the whole lot of what we do? Oh, great, yeah, most great. Um, so uh, as I said before, I'm Phil. Uh, I'm from from Baby Beard Media. So uh, we've got. Yeah, we didn't even mention. Running. We didn't even mention. Baby yeah, Beard that's right. Sure. <laughs> I'll say it now twice. Uh, from Baby Beard Media. Uh, so we got. I love we got that two... name though. Real quick, before you go into that, where did that name come from? I I came on board after it was founded. I believe it is just the texture of the name. It sounds nice. Yeah, rolls with the tongue. Yeah, it uh, does. and it's memorable. So that that is the reason for it, uh, basically. 
<laughs> I think someone just sort of it popped into someone's head one day and went, sounds all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and it's stuck ever since. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're podcasters and creators. Uh, two podcasts at the moment. We've got our Future Arm podcast. It's a retrospective of the whole show. That is called Shut Up and Take My Podcast. Uh, and then there's uh, the reason I'm on the show. That's Roll to Cast, R-O-L-E. Um, it's our actual play podcast. So uh, we've got Red happening right now. We're 10 episodes in. I'm putting the finishing touches to episode 11 today, and that'll be going out tonight. Um, so we're a group of actors and theatre creators, uh, and we, we try and bring those skills to a new game uh, every season with a custom campaign and uh, a really banging soundtrack. So we've got uh, Subpoint 2020, we've got Vampire, now we've got Red, uh, and there's way, way more to come. Uh, also, uh, if you check out in between seasons, we do interviews as well. We try and get interviews with some of the creators of the games that we play because I think it's a really important perspective. Oh, yeah. So Mike's been on the show, uh, which was just incredible. He's such an awesome, cool guy. Really great interview. We just we just let him talk because he sounds amazing and he's got so much good <laughs> stuff to say. Uh, and there's a couple of uh, creators like Justin and Chili from, uh, from Vampire as well. All that stuff is on iTunes, it's on Spreaker, it's on YouTube, um, uh, it's on uh, Spotify as well. And then check out our socials, Twitter, Instagram, so is all the that best, good stuff. Is the best, like, if people want to find you and they're, you know, like I said, if they just can't get to the links in the description of wherever they're finding this episode, is it best to look up Babybeard Media or Roll to Cash? Yeah, look up Babybeard kind of Media. Get all the things. Yeah. Get all our stuff. Yeah, you go on Baby Boot Media. We're really active on Twitter, so uh, you can find us on Twitter. Go have a chat to us there. Uh, we have a Discord as well. Uh, you can just search for that. We have an open area for that and for Patreons as well. That's uh, patreon.com forward slash babybeard. And we're just dipping our toes into some Let's Play stuff at the moment. We're playing Coders of New York and some vampire stuff, getting ready for the new Bloodlines game. So check out our YouTube content for that as well. Hell yeah. Awesome. Baby Beard Media. Yep. Yeah, and I'll put, like I said, anybody listening, um, you know, I'll put links in the description. Um, it'll just take me a little while. This is live, so I've got to kind of wait till everything updates. <laughs> I'll get it in there. We'll start sharing. Um, as always, anybody listening and checking this out, please give us a like, give us a share, check out the links in the description. Uh, we do this shit because we love it, and we love cyberpunk and role-playing games, but it is so much better when we have your love and support back. So, you know, give us a share and a like and all that good stuff. Definitely look up Baby Beard Media and roll to cast, show Phil and his team some love. And um, any last words? Anything else that we, we didn't get to mention? That's any last words? No, no. I'm about to stop the stream. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, please look after yourselves. Uh, it, it's, it's a dangerous, chaotic world out there. Uh, so be kind to each other. As Bill and Ted would say, be excellent to one another and party on, dudes. Great. That's a great, great final words there. And, uh, yeah, anybody, uh, you know, we're getting ready to go record the Game Master Tips episode, campaign building with Phil, so definitely look that up too. So, again, thanks so much for joining me, man. I had a really good time. And, um, My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the Game Master Tips episode, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about some other future stuff, hopefully – We'll just do more collaborative, fun stuff involving oh, role-playing games. Always happy to be here. Always happy. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, take care, man. And everybody uh, checking us out and tuning in, y'all take